morning, Berkshires, and beyond listening on the World Wide Web. Welcome to another edition of What's Your Sign? I have your number with me, your host, Sharita Starr. And did you know? Well, everything's a little weird this morning. <clears throat> it's still Gemini kind of like divided things. But did you know, stars, that there are particular gemstones that, pre- that prescribe to your personal, your personal uh, zodiac and planetary numerical prescription that attract your soul's innate positive energy? From numbers to certain zodiac influences, there is a specific recipe that aligns just with you. So stay tuned as we are about to engage in another exciting hour as my very special guest, acclaimed psychic and spiritual counselor, Lisa Stewart from the Awareness Shop joins us today on What's Your Sign? I have your number to tell you what's going on. Lost in the beauty of the sky, breathing the moon, the colors of a rainbow, shed to soon firefly. Welcome back, Berkshires, and those listening on the World Wide Web, again, to another edition of What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. And again, I'm your host, Sharita Starr, here to tell you all about the planetary goodness in our zodiac skies today, this Tuesday, the 7th of June, 2011. Since our last show on the 17th of May, we concluded Taurus, and we are now at the halfway mark through the communicative energies of Gemini. Our sun is presently uniting it all within the clever energies of the twins. Where is Gemini in your personal birth chart? This is the area of your life the sun has been passing through since the 21st of May, giving a boost of light and positive flow to this piece of your zodiac pie. Precisely in the current planetary skies today as our sun reaches the 16th degree of Gemini. As we currently honor the sun's energy as it journeys with the twins, we are asked to cultivate concentration, the power to listen, relax, and it organized while honing in on a sympathetic nature. When one looks to the letters composing the word Geminis, by lexigram definition, they surely are our mini gems, containing all the awareness as we establish our relationships upon the zodiac wheel. 
This is the time of the year when adaptability, reasoning, and inquiry can serve us all the best. John Jocelyn speaks wisely upon some pr- truth we can tap into as we engage with the twins. Quote, the essence to be extracted from Gemini is synthesis. When man reaches this power of synthesis, he's reaching out to and recognizing the wisdom of love, the power that unites male and females, as well as the divine and the earthly element in the sign of the twins, unquote. Today's energies of the sun at the 16th degree means this Neptune-guided degree, 1 plus 6 equals 7, all seven vibrations being ruled by Neptune, and telling us on a collective level that today we should adhere to sympathy, sensitivity, spirituality, and mystery. The 16 teaches us about the understanding of the shattered citadel, who, more often than not, is a challenging vibration to remain in the eye of the storm under. The Chaldeans said of the 16, quote, The 16 brings with it the single number 7's obligation and responsibility to listen to the voice within, which will always warn of danger through dreams or the intuition in time to avoid it. The inner voice must not be ignored." Today's energies under the 7th of June equally ask us to adhere to the same energy of Neptune within our day as the calendar date also vibrates to the 7. This combination of the 16th degree and the 7 is a universal request to spend some time in solitude to sharpen the inner saw. Taking time for the self today brings us to a true state of awareness that our Son and Gemini requests. Remember, when we are silent, we truly can listen. Be careful of not, be careful of being under any kind of delusion today and stay clear of escapist tendencies. Time spent in spiritual and meditative pursuits benefits the soul tremendously under our present energies. Our current moon has been in the sign of Leo since 8, uh, 11.03 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time this past Sunday upon the 5th of June. The collective's emotions, pardon me, ah. <sighs> The collective's emotions (laughs) are now engaged in the energy of the lion, fueling dignified, vital, and confident behavior. Even though radiating, generous, and loyal emotions are easily aroused, be aware of conceited, self-indulgent, and opinionated feelings. Ideally, under a Leo moon, heartfelt and passionate energies are meant to flourish, with with all imagination being guided by a fertile instinct. We are now in another waxing phase of the moon, gaining once more in the gathering light from the recent new moon and solar eclipse in Gemini upon Wednesday, the 1st of June. As always, this is the period of the month when we are best spent. We are best to spend time in examining initiations, new projects, and ideas we put out into the world during this waxing period. Whichever area of the life the alert energy of Gemini rules within your birth chart, this precisely points to where you should be presently experiencing some triggers unfolding. You can, experience, you can expect a long-term effect to unfold from the new beginnings here as a solar eclipse promises to bring forth a flowing force that can be felt for up to a year. We'll continue our current waxing phase Wednesday, the 15th of June, when the moon once again peaks and offers completion in Sagittarius. In our present eclipse season, we'll also have a lunar eclipse, which offers an extra release from this area of your life in the zodiac pie. We'll be in another reflective waning phase that asks for review where the archer aims within your life. So, I hope you'll take this present planet power in Gemini, my dear stars, to try and improvements here, as well as welcome and embrace new beginnings, which will most certainly reap a richer harvest for you further down the road to help your soul's power grow and evolve. 
being we are still amidst the Gemini mood, the magical exagram of this sun sign is absolutely perfect for today's intriguing intriguing topic. Look to the letters composing Gemini and you'll find a mini gem within. Speaking of gems, did you also know that we all have our own personal recipes for them that bring forth the most uh, the most from our soul's innate power. Today, my very special guest, acclaimed psychic and spiritual counselor Lisa Stewart from the Awareness Shop, joins me for an hour that will dive into the fantastic energies that working with gemstones and the like can provide for us all. Aside, <clears throat> I'm working with my new Mac, so you'll have to pardon me. <laughs> Aside from our key astrological and numerological guidance, there is plenty of other insight to be obtained about how you can create some real magic and soul power within your world. And about Lisa Stewart, many years ago when Lisa was only 22, an interesting number, she began to open up this wonderful, magical way of life. Never kid yourself, this path is not easy, but the rewards considerably outweigh the strife. Lisa began working with crystals and studying the old ways. Then major doorways began to open, and she was awakened to many other divinational tools that allowed allowed her to help others in, on their way. The tarot seems to have been a tool that was the most direct and precise for her. Lisa started with a small study group in her home. And over the years, she seemed to push more and more to grow and work in the light. After studying many religions, Lisa personally found they all lead to the ancient ways that spoke so strongly to her. In 1993, she was able to open a small shop in Clintondale. 1995, Lisa opened the awareness shop at Cherry Hill in New Paltz and then moved to 180 Main Street in 1997 as many amazing people joined the ranks to help. In 1998, Lisa met her soulmate and the circle just kept growing. There is much more than gems that shine at the Awareness Shop, which you can discover more about on the web at www.awarenessshop.com. And I've been waiting for the right expert to join me in a hearty conversation about the joys of gemstones and what they can all do to enhance our lives. We have a truly special treat today on What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. And it is my ultimate pleasure to introduce to you psychic and spiritual counselor, Lisa Stewart. Good morning, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Hello, Sharita and Sharita's listeners. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on. Yeah. How, how exciting we have all this Gemini energy. It's ge- and we're talking about gems. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't even plan that when I asked you to come on. And I'm like, oh, wait, but it's mini gems and Gemini. How, how, I love that. <laughs> and, and I find it very interesting, too, because, you know, Gemini has all that mercurial energy. Yeah. And, and for me, I see blue lace agate as Gemini's ruling stone. Hmm. Um, you know, there's always a difference between the traditional birthstones and the zodiac birthstones, and I'm sure there's also a difference between the planetary birthstones. Right. Um, you know, if we go by the month, we're now in June, the Gemini uh, second half. Right. And traditionally, that would be um, pearl or alexandrite. Mm-hmm. But if we're looking at it from a more... Um, spiritual or zodiacal point of view, um, blue lace agate, which is a beautiful kind of mercurial-looking stone, mm-hmm. is really Gemini's ruler. Very, 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 very quicksilvery. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, the gem, as anybody ruled by Mercury is known to be like quicksilver. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's because it's called um, blue lace agate, when you look at it, too, you see all these lines that you get to read between to understand what's really going on in Gemini's mind. Right, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, and that, that, that sometimes can be, a, well, I wouldn't want to say scary, but um, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot going on up there <laughs> yes, there in, in that mutable energy. I, I always have a one-liner for each sign, and, and Gemini is, we said what? <laughs> but I didn't say that. Oh, oh, the other half of me said it. <laughs> um, but that said, um, I think I have a great respect for Gemini because they're the ultimate reporter. Yes. And then when they find out new information, they're not afraid to change their opinion. That's right. Um, they're very open-minded in that way, which is a, it's a, it's a fabulous quality to have in life. It's just to be open-minded, you know. Right, where, where the other um, sign ruled by Mercury Virgo um, might uh, have a harder time letting go of what they originally said, yes. even if they have new information. And they get uh, a little too stuck up in those details sometimes. Right. But, but Gemini, the roving reporter, will tell all. Yeah. <laughs> so now, by, by how I have um, learned about gemstones, what, what's your viewpoint on aquamarine for a Gemini? Well, and what would the qualities of that stone do for a Gemini? Now, it's interesting. If you looked at um, a common piece of aquamarine, it has the same kind of striations or layers that blue lace agate does. Interesting. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, you might know that it's a, it's a barrel. Aquamarine is a barrel. And um, it's a really pretty aqua color. So, again, we're, we're talking about throat chakra energy, mm -hmm. communication and creativity. Yeah. And I think that... Um, you know, to talk about gems, we really do need to bring the chakras into it. Um, if we see throat chakra as the mercury chakra, mm -hmm. then that's where Gemini would, would be placed. And I could certainly see aquamarine marrying up in that little group there. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a really good stone for being able to bring forward um, your inner thoughts and your inner communication. Right and allowing them to be understood, cool. which I think sometimes is a difficulty for people. Yeah, absolutely. Really, you know, they might have really good intuition and a really creative mind and, and all this interesting information, but then they can't really get their point across. Right, they're them. not they're not expressing it proper. Or the, yeah, they right. can't, like, get it out there. It's all so up I in the... See, yeah, I would see aquamarine as one of the best um, stones to use for that creative expression. Yeah, and yeah, because that's that's certainly the Gemini's are known for their you know very uh, clever ideas, like you know things that you've just never, no, no one else in the zodiac's going to come up with that, but them. <laughs> right, right. They're like the ultimate detective. Yeah. Um, they they sometimes they can be a little inappropriate with question asking. Uh, yeah. Because they'll ask they anything. <laughs> They're not yeah. shy. <laughs> um, because they, but it's because they really need to know. They really want to understand. Yeah. They, they don't understand sometimes um, boundaries with that mm -hmm. private thoughts thing. But, yeah. But that's okay because they're going to find the information. They're going to get it. Yeah, and they do. It's, it's funny because you do see, you see quite a lot of Gemini's that are, that's what they do in life. They are like news reporters and, you know. They're just that facilitator of information to everyone else in the Zodiac. And uh, they, they do that job very, very, very well. Yeah. Now, when we're looking to Mercury, too, when we're combining things with numbers, because, like, when we look to numbers, it's the calendar, 
um, your your soul's recipe technically is the combination of the gemstones that are guided by your sun sign the karmic path date of the month that you're born on and then whatever your rising sign or your ascendant is in your in your birth chart these are the three things that go together um, and if you have these gemstones around in combination um, you really tick the best <laughs> you're supposed to be ticking the best <laughs> attuned <laughs> I guess you're attuned the best so that you know the, your natural qualities will come out in their best ways rather than gravitating to you know we all have a positive and a negative side that we can flow to so uh, utilizing gemstones in our life are, are a one way that we can you know tap into our true self and and be in our most you know soul's balance kind of thing um, so looking to that mercury again because when we look to mercury in numbers when we take the singular energies of five which would be anybody born on the fifth the 14th or the 23rd of a month they also have this aqua marine as a, a guidance and also platinum and silver so it's interesting that you were talking about the silver before too because that's such a a metal and that that's associated with mercury yeah, I would definitely see it as a conducting force. Yeah. You know, bringing strength to whatever other crystals that you're using. Mm -hmm. I mean, the use of these beautiful gemstones is, is an ancient, um, you know, an ancient almost way of medicine. Yeah. Back, back when um, astrology and astronomy were kind of um, more one, and when science and medicine were, were you know, linked to more esoteric things like alchemy. Mm -hmm. So you might see this combination of stones as, as your personal alchemy. Yeah. And we know that quartz crystal runs a watch. We yeah. know that it vibrates to a certain frequency. And each of the gemstones is made up of minerals and energy um, from being cooked in the earth, so to speak. Right. So on, based on their vibration of color, and mineral content, they each kind of emit um, this healing energy or these um, beneficial qualities. And I can't see any reason why we wouldn't want to continue using what they have to offer. I mean, when we read about um, ancient times, we can see that people were adorning themselves with jewelry mm -hmm. or um, using things like bloodstone, which is for courage and strength and protection on their shields, um, you know, and if some people are feeling that this is very anti-Christian, um, gemstones are mentioned in Revelations in the Bible. There are 12 hmm. steps up to the crystal castle. Isn't that and, interesting? And it mentions one crystal for each of the zodiac signs. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's very, it's also fascinating. <laughs> it is. And, and one of the um, gemstones that's listed is called sodalite. And that's listed for Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. And what I find fascinating is a lot of Sagittarians that I meet um, suffer from eczema, and sodalite is one of the best crystals to treat that with. Wow. So you wonder if that's a coincidence or, or if not. ancient people had figured that out. Yeah, they figured that out. Now, going um, to uh, now, oh, and your thoughts on turquoise for a, a, a Sagittarius? Turquoise for Sagittarius. Yeah. Um, well, that is a, another very creative stone. Yeah. Um, Which are Sagittarius 
being oh, the zodiac opposite. Well, now we're we're flipping on the other side of the zodiac right. now, talking about Sagittarius. And, um, and that's that's the full moon that's coming. And so yeah, that's our lunar eclipse coming up yeah. there. Um, your your twenty four degree point of uh, Sagittarius will unleash some fascinating completions in your life, and probably conclusions will be arrived at by that point. Right. Um, I do see turquoise as um, a stone of expansion. Mm-hmm, which again, is Jupiter, of course. Yep, yeah, exactly, that creative mind energy, um, which Sagittarius possesses um, in a very different way because of Jupiter wanting to know now more about, um, I guess, less about the mundane and more about the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Or philosophy, oh. all those, uh, anywhere, you know, I, I look at a Sagittarius and, you know, they're that symbol of the archer and they've got that arrow and they're always aiming an arrow somewhere, like they're just, somewhere. it's going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Native Americans really revere turquoise. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah, they're very, very, uh, and they're very spiritual and philosophical people. Absolutely. <laughs> so that, that would fit um, for me for Sag. And like I said, I would also use um, sodalite um, nice. because of it, like I said, being mentioned in Revelation. Mm -hmm. And then if we wanted to get um, a little more traditional, we would look to topaz. And if you look at that, that golden, orangey topaz, that's mm -hmm. a great color for Sag, too, because Sag is ruled by Jupiter, which is kind of an orangey. Yeah, 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 orange is a good color for Sagittarius, too. Yeah, for sure. And um, speaking of Jupiter ruling Sag, if you're a karmic path three, which would be being born to the third, the twelfth, twenty-first, or the thirtieth of any given month, this it's also recommended that you have a turquoise around because you, you've got the same request. Um, you're more than likely a highly creative soul, um, like a Sagittarius is, and you know you're just looking at that influence of what Jupiter is up to. Um, so they are the, the threes in the zodiac, or the threes in the zodiac, the threes in um, numerology have the same understanding as you know what a Sag is kind of like. Although they will be whatever sun sign they are, so right. they have that to to. But yeah, three definitely works with um, cooperation. Don't mm -hmm. Yeah, three's a crowd, so you have to have good communication to get everybody to work. You better, <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, three too. When you when you're looking at you know, like how the the math math the math in a zodiac chart will say if you have a trine, you have a good flow of energy happening. Right, that's harmo yeah, harmonious. Yeah, yeah like the together. body, mind, spirit kind of thing happening there. Absolutely, and that's that's a lot about such body, mind, and spirit. Yeah, They're usually headed in the same direction. Absolutely, and don't fence them in. Yeah. Uh, n n <laughs> no, no, no. They they like so a three or a Sagittarius, either or. I mean, their request in life for freedom, whether it's their job, their relationships their urge to travel the world uh, you, you, that's what you see these people doing all the time they're constantly on the move <laughs> I, I had a, a very dear friend and psychic named Margo who always said if someone had a Sag moon they would never marry they would be the confirmed bachelor or bachelorette Wow! so it's interesting that you have um, sun rising sign and karmic path and I think you know maybe the moon is kind of 
linked to that. I do think the moon is certainly important um, as well, and I don't think I don't think um, adding the moon sign into the if if you know what your moon sign is, adding those adding that to your recipe won't hurt. <laughs> and actually, it'll probably help calm your emotions and and allow your emotional state to unfold in the best way that it could possibly could by having that that energy around you. Um, I, I think it's fantastic to give people the idea of having this combination of energies that really helps to uh, resonate with their truth. Yes. And, you know, each personal combination mm -hmm. brings a different vibration of energy. Yeah. Um, and like you said, if you have that support of energy, it allows you to be calmer and, and more fine-tuned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and make, uh, as I always say, make the appropriate choices in your life rather than, you know, maybe being the definition of insanity or wondering why why don't things work in my favor? <laughs> yes, let's try the same thing again and think it will have a different outcome. No. <laughs> no, that's not right. But that's when that's when when you look to the three and you and you look to like the twelve, the twelve has that very strong way about being the kneeling submissive student in their life because the twelves have a thing about they don't get it. They they sometimes have to keep doing the same thing over and over again until finally it it really sinks in, and they, and they 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 need to be in the recognition that they're always a student, and then they have much better success with everything. Um, but if they ever get to that point that they think they kind of already have completed their education and they're and they're never going to learn anything else, and um, that's when the twelves get a little tripped up a little bit, as I like to say, because <laughs> we all get tripped up. We're all human beings. This is just, a, we're, I should say, we're the spiritual beings in the human experience. So, uh, exactly. you know, so I like, you brought up Topaz before and Topaz, um, is, uh, also a stone that I believe that is, um, for Leo's and anybody who's born on a one vibration, which would be all guided by the sun. So you're looking at the first, the 10th, the, um, and the 28th of the month or, oh yeah. And the 19th, that's in there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you have that fiery energy mm -hmm. and Leo are both fire signs. And um, we're talking now about golden topaz, not necessarily blue topaz. Yeah, because there's a blue topaz, and then the other, the other is is amber for the the sun guided energies. Is too is that they've got the combo of, well, topaz and amber will help you out there. Yeah, I can really see that because they're both very sun bright energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's also a, a source of creativity and um, allows them to be very benevolent and really work with that heart because the heart is what guides a Leo and what really guides the ones they do if they have their heart is not implicated they won't feel like they want to be loyal to anything well Leos are the very loyalist of the loyalist yeah they really are yeah they, you're right though they have to have a reason to be loyal in the first place yeah, if they earn that respect exactly <laughs> even if yeah, we see Go ahead. I can see the, the, the topaz being, um, you know, kind of a symbol of royalty. Yeah, yeah, and they are. <laughs> they are the royal lion, of course, yes. <laughs> and don't tromp on that territory because, oh, you know, no. they, uh, they, they'll get a little <laughs> upset. You know, because it's interesting, I mean, because you do see, and, and we have seen, like, you know, classic example of a person in the limelight who is a, he's a super Leo, as I call him, because he's born to the 19th of the month, our former president, uh, Bill Clinton. Obviously, he hasn't been 
um, I guess by anybody's opinion, uh, standard opinion, he hasn't been loyal, but his heart must not be involved somewhere along the line. <laughs> well, you know, when you're married to a Scorpio... Yeah, and he's married to a Scorpio. Yes. So that's, <laughs> that's a little trickier because they square each other. So they sure do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hmm. and who, so who's, who's um, looking for power more, the Scorpio or the Leo? Yeah, because they do battle for it quite a bit. I mean, they're both, you know, uber organizers in the Zodiac. They both, you know, what I find fascinating about, about if you look at a, a Pluto or a, um, a Leo and a Scorpio alliance, you're looking at the sun and then you're looking at Pluto, which is furthest away. the planet that's the furthest away and then the planet that's in the center of it all. So that is a very dynamic little like, well, I see the big picture. Well, I'm in the center of the whole thing, you know, and they get right. to sit I there mean, and argue to the cows come home. <laughs> and again, no offense to either sign, but both Leo and Scorpio would love to be the center of their own universe mm -hmm. and have others orbit them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Leo is asking this of Scorpio, and Scorpio is saying, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that they can kind of uh, do that infinity thing and, and encompass each other. And they, really there's a fa they can make a very powerful alliance in, in life if they're, you know, coming at one another in that lovely way of we all need to seek to understand, you know, and re recognize that the, you know, because that square is created with them on the zodiac, with them both being fixed signs, one of them is doing it in that very intense, fiery way, and then, of course, Scorpio is on the other end of it, doing it in this depth of water, mystery, you know, all those things that, you know, intense thing of transformation that Scorpios are constantly going through. Creating a lot of yeah, yeah, create a lot of steam, which <laughs> is water, <laughs> and that's water. <laughs> that's great. Wow. Scorpio, I think, just has to be careful they don't put the fire out. Th th that's exactly right. Anytime you have a fire and a water energy together, y yeah, the fire, the uh, water sign's got to watch not to extinguish its partner. But guess what time it is? I guess it's time for the news. It's, um, well, it is noontime here at WBCRLP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. And yes, you are correct, Lisa. It is kind of news time, but um, it's, it's our, what we call a PSA time. So we're going to do, we're going to pause for just a moment and we'll be right back with Lisa Stewart from the Awareness Shop. And um, we're going to continue our lovely conversation about the gems in the universe. So hold on. So we're going to tell you what's happening in the lovely Berkshire area here for you local listeners and also for anybody listening out of town who may be coming to the Berkshires because it's a very, it's a, it's a happy, happy spot um, to come to in the summertime. So what do we have here? Oh, the farmer's market, the new farmer's market is uh, alive and well. Um, just started at, and this is at CHP. Uh, it's every Thursday from June 2nd through uh, September 1st, 4 to 7 p.m. This is located at 442 Stockbridge Road, right here in Great Barrington. Uh, fresh produce, baked breads, homemade cookies and desserts, and locally grown cut flowers. Fun activities for children, and there's also live entertainment. Uh, it's sponsored by CHP WIC, and for more information, you can contact uh, 413 528 0457 and um, 
there's also the Hilltown Families um, under that. Um, and that's hilltownfamilies at gmail.com if you wanted to send a little email off to them and find out more, more things happening. Now... Let's see. So we have also the, uh, there's a live jazz going on at the Castle Street Cafe. Um, this goes on. It's no cover charge. And you can go on to as well, castlestreetcafe.com. And that's also their number is uh, 528 5244. And uh, Michael uh, Ballin is their chief proprietor there. And what do we have coming up here in June? You're going to have um, have a couple of to be announced for the fourth and the tenth of June. Oh, the fourth has passed already, so let's not look at that. But the tenth of June is to be announced. The eleventh of June is the Subtomic Trio with Gallen Clark. Seventeenth uh, and eighteenth as well to be announced. Twenty fourth is the BTUS R&B guitars and vocals, and on the twenty fifth of June, Andy. Warber and John Way. So that is um, live jazz at the uh, Castle Street Cafe. Again, 528-5244 and castlestreetcafe.com. And you can ask for Michael. Michael Ballin would be your contact person there. So that's what's going on in our local, what's happening up in the Berkshires, little farmer's markets, little live jazz. What a great way to... uh, Spend some time in your summer, which is uh, just a couple of weeks away, really, from uh, actually starting back up again. And uh, you're here. You're listening to me, Sharita Starr. I welcome you back to the second half of What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. Today, we are becoming aware of the ways gemstones can assist us to help align our astrological and numerological beings. It's been a wonderful first half of the show with my special guest, Psychic and spiritual counselor Lisa Stewart from the Awareness Shop in New Paltz, New York. You can learn more about Lisa and her work on the web at www.awarenessshop.com. And welcome back to the show, Lisa. Welcome back yourself. <laughs> well, you know, nobody's ever said that. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting because we were saying we, we want to learn more about how gemstones can help us. And, you know, most of us in some way have been exposed to um, the visual energy of gems. Like we've seen them in rings or jewelry or, you know, admired them from afar. But when you start to really hold them or meditate with them, listen to them, you do do begin to notice that, that different stones have a different weight or a different energy or a different pulse almost, you know? Absolutely. So if if you're holding the heavier stones, the darker colored stones that kind of align with the earth energy or base chakra, you you tend to notice that they have a a more deliberate, steady, you know, kind of um, almost mother earth sort of pulse. And and ground, of course, like the earth, ground you. Ground you, yeah, (laughs) help you to ground and focus. And then if you do, um, you know, hold something more like the sunstones, topaz, ambers, citrines, the the brighter yellows, um, you do feel a lighter energy from them, Mm -hmm. but it's also um, like a more invigorating energy. Like an, and Uh, granting inspiration, kind of. Yeah, Yeah. a quicker kind of. Yeah, quick energy, yeah. Yeah. So I I think that um, 
you know, experimenting can really help you to also figure out which ones you want to hold or work with or mm-hmm. have, um, you know, in your energy field. Especially, like you're saying, if you know which one goes with your sun sign, you know which one goes with your rising sign, which one goes with your karmic path, um, if you could hold that combination, that kind of blendship mm-hmm. of energy, um, it'll really, I think, help people to um, connect with, with where it is they're going and, and why they're here and yeah. what they to do. Yeah, what is, because we all, no matter who we are, we all have a purpose. We all have, you know, something that we are here to accomplish and be a part of in the the unity of the one eon that we're all in. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been here before and we'll be here again. make the most of it. Wait, you, you have to make the have. most of it. That that is that is truly the bottom line. Um, you were mentioning it too before that you know we're in the month. Like you also see that uh, due to the month that you're born, you you know you have energy to work with with that as well. And you had mentioned uh, the pearls before, which is um, something aside from moonstones um, and also emeralds for cancers and the number two energies, which would be people born to the, uh, the 2nd, the 11th, the uh, 20th, or the 29th of any given month. Um, and what, what do pearls, moonstones, and emeralds do for people? <laughs> well, you know, you can certainly see um, pearls and moonstones um, kind of on a parallel path. You yeah. know, they both are very um, watery kind of underworld emotive energy of course Um, and cancer and the two being directly guided by the moon this is no coincidence either (laughs) that's just how it is (laughs) um and i think you know emerald is again a a very ancient um known stone i can see that it has had um, respect and been revered for a long time i see um emerald personally as more of a prosperity stone, mm-hmm. uh, more of a bringer of positive energy. Yeah, um, and it's you know, green. It's <laughs> green, so uh, it's it's connected to heart center in that respect because it is green. Right. Um, and I could certainly see that um, Cancerians are, you know, in their heart center. Yeah. That uh, fourth, fourth, uh, fourth chakra energy and fourth house energy. Yeah. And moonstones uh, in separation, like, is there anything, like, if you're looking at a pearl and looking at a moonstone, or do they pretty much bring the same types of things to uh, when you're working with them, or is there a little difference between them? I think there's a little difference. I think moonstone is a very, very psychic stone. Mm-hmm. As cancers, um, uh, moon people are very psychic, typically. Yeah, so or they go with the gut, actually, that kind yeah, of Yeah, I would see that way. really linked really linked to your intuition and um, and your knowing. And Pearl might be more about patience. Yeah. Um, because of how, you know, it takes such a long time. And, to, to get um, them. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and there's a cooperation there. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, the old timers used to say pearls bring tears, but I don't really feel that's fair. <laughs> I wonder if they mean like, that you know because it comes from the 
bottom of the ocean, obviously. And of course, Cancer and the moon is very connected to the ocean and the tides and all that. I wonder if it just is about like cleansing. And like, you know, like the tears are just, you know, sometimes we all have to cry. And uh, yep. we've got to do that. And uh, that it always seems like after you have a good, good cry, your, your emotions are a little more adjusted. It's like you got it out. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of keeping it in. More, <laughs> yeah, you can see things a little more clearly. Yeah, it allows you to, um, yeah, exactly, see things a little more clearly. Um, well, on, I, I, I like how we're kind of going flipping back and forth here, so instead of going around in the circle, um, <laughs> well, let's, flip to, to, let's flip around to the opposition of Capricorn and um, the number eights, who are um, an eights. Karmic paths would be someone born to the 8th, the 17th, or the 26th of the month, and this is all Saturn energy, um, Capricorn yeah. or the eights, and then, then we have the diamonds and the onyx for that. Yeah, that's interesting. You have diamond, onyx, and I will add to the mix um, ruby. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, all of these stones are very Capricorn energy. Um, you know, we have in our uh, modern-day world the diamond as the ultimate symbol of commitment. You right. Know, we get our, our engagement ring. Mm -hmm. um, onyx is a stone of fidelity and, you know, um, being true and honoring, again, commitment. Um, so I can really see how they would both work with Saturn energy, with Capricorn yeah. energy. Yeah, because Saturn doesn't do anything, well, supposedly doesn't do anything wrong. <laughs> well, he's, he's the disciplinary up there in the Zodiac, you know. <laughs> right, right. The, the glyph for Saturn looks like that little chair. Sit right down here because you're going to listen. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. I love yeah. that analogy. I've never looked at it that way before. That's, yeah. that's wonderful. Lesson, lesson will be repeated until learned. Oh, that's, so, that's right with Saturn, boy. So boy, even, you don't get what he wants you to learn, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and if he gets it wrong the first time, you know, you just have to do it again. <laughs> yep, and then you're back to the definition of insanity. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Saturn's in Libra right now, so that, that's a good place for Saturn to be. Yeah. I know we're talking about Capricorn, but um, to me, I think Capricorn is one of the most misunderstood signs of the Zodiac. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times they get this reputation of being very cold or standoffish. But it's really because they're, they're the ultimate um, in protecting themselves. They're not going to let people get really, really close to them yeah. until they're really, really sure. And mm -hmm. you know, that whole restrictive Saturn energy, too, you know, yeah. um, keep, keep the enemy at bay mm -hmm. and assume everyone's the enemy till you know otherwise. Sure. <laughs> and, and, you know, because they're so good at working, you know, I, they're the sign of ambition or a number. If you're an eight, you do the same thing you're just ambitious and you're constantly thinking about the long-term effects of things like they're not like you know carelessly making they're not quick decision makers they really are beyond thorough most of the time when they you know make major change in their life it's not about and and that's what saturn even does when he's transiting through any of your pieces of the pie in the zodiac that's a time when your life is slowed down in that area and you got to really look at it very carefully and just see, well, what can I do to improve things here? It doesn't mean like life is meant to be disastrous because Saturn's around, but um, it's going to require your ultimate patience to get through the process. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I do have a lot of respect for Capricorn. I think that they have a lot to offer. 
Um, so I think that, you know, we can learn from the stones that are designed for them. Yeah. You know, again, onyx. Onyx is a very grounding, very stabling stone. Um, this gemstone certainly um, allows someone to be focused or, you know, make that commitment, that that commitment to the one. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of kind of uh, Capricorn energy, too. Yeah. Know? Very Again, very few people get really, really close. So they're good at making long-term commitments to mm. the one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, interesting, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by that you mentioned ruby for the Capricorn because I've also seen the ruby as for an Aries and for the number nines which are both ruled by Mars which would be uh, people born to the 9th, the 18th or the 27th of any given month. Right, and rubies also in the modern traditional birthstones assigned to July. Yeah, which to me makes I don't get the the I don't get the the ruby in July thing, but explain that to me because I'm I'm interested to, to know. And well, learn I'm not myself. sure. That, I'm not all that sure about the modern birthstones again because they're cutting zodiac signs in half. You know, right? Um, it, we think that half of July it belongs to Leo. Right. So um, I could see ruby mo actually more for a Leo than I could. Um, for a cancer. Absolutely. Um, but again, and even with the understanding of what seven is, seven doesn't align with a ruby at all. Uh, being born to the seventh month, because when you know when you're getting the numerology, you get a whole nother layer of of understanding of the month that you're born to represents a certain part of your life and cycles and all this other stuff. But um, I yeah, I don't get why they've ever put ruby in in July. That doesn't make any bit of sense to me. <laughs> Probably some jeweler somewhere. <laughs> or, or it's like Hallmark, you know, I look at it like, well, this is just a Hallmark thing. I don't know where they came up with it, but... Um... This, they wanted to make the most money, so they exactly. the expensive <laughs> and assigned it. People are carefree in the summer. They'll buy a ruby then. <laughs> yeah. But as far as, like, the properties of a ruby for an Aries and a Nine, with that Mars planetary guidance going on there... Um, do you see like how that aligns a little more in sense? Yeah, I can I can see ruby for for Aries, um, and and also bloodstone for Aries. Mm-hmm. Because that's that whole Marsy energy. Yep, and bloodstone is of course Pluto. Uh, well, because Mars ruled Scorpio before Pluto, bloodstone is very associated with um, with the Scorpios. I could see that too. Yeah. You know, I I think that the. Um, the best thing we can take from this is you really can't do it wrong. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, but, <laughs> but, but the trick is you have to do it, Yeah. meaning that you can't just um, not pay attention. You have to really, again, like I said, make up your little kit, see what, um, what, what resonates with you, mm -hmm. and see if you understand why it resonates. You know, um, it, it might be something that that isn't listed. It might be a stone that, that's newly discovered. Right. But, but the idea is to really, um, you know, use these beautiful gifts from the earth. I mean, we're here living on the earth. Yeah. You know, we, we breathe the air, um, we drink the water, we love to absorb the sunlight, uh, and then we don't, I don't know why. And it's interesting because, <laughs> you know, when you go to go, go to a little lexagram uh, tidbit, when you look at the word earth, it spells heart. Uh, 
So, it, yes, of course, we're not meant to miss that boat. <laughs> but so often we have, as humans on this earth, we've kind of, I would say, aside from the Native Americans, um, they really had the best, I think, you know, and, and of course, there's many other ancient cultures that uh, were living a little differently, uh, well, certainly than we are in this modern day, um, you know, that, that understood how to live in harmony with the earth rather than going against it. Um, which we have sort of created that a little bit, I think. <laughs> right, and and there we go again. The Native Americans have a completely different zoo of zodiacal animals. Oh yeah, to, yeah, they have a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They see it in a whole whole different way. They also they're big on the turtle, which is um, I mean, this is totally off topic, but it's sort of interesting to me. They're real big because you know the turtle has the thirteen. Um, plates on its shell which is yeah. they relate that to there's naturally 13 even though we're in a um you know 12 calendar year there's 13, there's 13 phases of the new moon every year which is and i find that under, to be really the interesting. underbelly is 28 which is the days of the moon all right yeah. there you go yeah turtle is amazing yeah the turtle's cool always carrying his home on his back too very earthy. Very Another interesting thing for us to ponder <laughs> in our pondering, as we like to do. Um, well, being that we let's see, where who haven't we talked about yet? Well, let's Taurus. talk. Let's ta oh. Taurus. Let's go with Taurus. Um, Taurus is uh, sapphire, and then when you're looking at you're looking at Taurus, you're also looking at Venus. Um, and then we might as well throw Libra into the the mix because right. Uh, Taurus is sapphire, Libra is opal, and then when you're born to the sixth of the month, which would be a sixth day, which would be the sixth, the fifteenth, or the twenty-fourth, they recommend opal and copper. Well, copper is very conductive, and it's going to intensify um, whatever stone it's with. Mm -hmm. Now, opal, I think, is quite dangerous for Libra. Interesting. Again, meaning no disrespect to them. Right. But op opal is the crystal that uh, magnifies whatever emotion you're feeling. Aha. Uh -huh. And poor Libra, with their difficulty to make decisions, uh -huh. and having to really weigh things out, that old scales, you know? Interesting. Um, okay. I would think Opal um, makes the decision-making more difficult. Maybe that's, that's why they've given okay. Copper as a, as a second thought. Um, because of the Venus uh, connection, I would use chrysoprase for um, Libra, okay. which is kind of a milky and very not see-through aquamarine-looking stone. Mm -hmm. And sort of, I mean, an opal's sort of milky too, or maybe it's that—that's where the where it flows into. Um, why somebody along the line said. Opal's well, good for this. Yeah, in, in the modern birthstones, they've assigned opal to October. So again, of course, that's, half, that's, half that's connected to, Scorpio. yeah. And if anybody could handle opal, I think Scorpio could. <laughs> oh, yes, I think they could. Well, they can handle, well, they are the, well, I, I, I always like to, to call them the eagle over the scorpion so that they don't have to sting so much. But, of course, that right. scorpion is resilient, pretty much, so... 
They are, and at one point in ancient astrology, they were also the snake. Yes. So none has transformed so much as Scorpio, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love the eagle, though. That's my favorite. There's them, like, just soar and catch all that, like, the eagle eye does, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's there. Yeah. And, and I agree that sapphire should be used for Taurus. So mm -hmm. look at that. We agreed on something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The other things, I, I think we've left out Aquarius and Pisces, yep. and that brings us to that whole um, garnet and amethyst thing. Yeah, Pisces, um, they always, uh, the, the other thing is uh, emerald and amethyst for Pisces, and if you're a seven, which would be born to the seventh, uh, the seventh, the sixteenth, or the twenty-fifth, um, the emerald and the amethyst help very well. For that. I can see. I can definitely see amethyst for Pisces. Yeah, that for sure. Stone, bringing yep. that whole yep. Neptune energy along. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that um, garnet is a very nice stone for Aquarius. Um, again, it's quite grounding, and the poor Aquarians with their airy, you know, transient thoughts. Yeah, no yeah. All the air, <laughs> all the air signs have that need to know thing. Yeah, and the. Yeah, that's all about the intellect up there and going on the mind. Right. So even though garnet is red, and some people would associate it with more of a fiery energy, mm -hmm. it's such a deep red. Um, and if you if you hold it again, you'll see that its energy is much more um, grounding and deliberate than it would be fiery. Interesting. Hmm. Now the Aquarius that I have, and by the way, I I I didn't of course pull all of this information out of out of the air myself. This is all from Linda Goodman. Um, that is who has these recipes. And uh, being I am an you know a follower of her work, um, it, it made a lot of sense when when I. But of course I don't have your education, which is why I have an expert to to share these ideas <laughs> with on here because I'm not, I'm not the expert. I'm just the bearer of information. <laughs> um, but for, she she said for Aquarius, um, azurite and a blend, a stone blend. And I, I don't you know if they make these that there's a blend that they do of azurite and malachite. Right. Um, interestingly enough, copper, azurite. Malachite and chrysochrola are all uh, the copper copper mineral. Oh, interesting. So you are okay. going to get a natural blend of azurite, um, malachite, and then you might see something called malachola. Okay. Malachite mixed with chrysochrola. It just depends on, I guess, how intensified the cooking was. Right. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see azurite um, for Aquarius. And going back to those steps in the Bible... Uh, they recommend jacinth, which is almost like a topaz-looking. Ah, it really looks kind of like a golden topaz. Uh -huh. And um, and also, if you're of a karmic path, what we call a karmic path four, which would be somebody born to the fourth, the thirteenth, twenty-second, or thirty-first um, of any given month. Um, sapphire quartz, and again, that blend of azurite malachite that um, helps align the four. Um, and the fours are known to always be presented with obstacles in their life. And they are the most tolerant number to be able to overcome them without thinking it's an obstacle. Like they just go, I'm going to get over it. And apparently, Malik, the, it's the Azurite and the Malachite together that helps remove the obstacles from even bothering to show up. <laughs> I, 
I can see that. I think azurite is a beautiful, beautiful stone with a wonderful vibration. And malachite is just such a happy energy yeah. that I, I get definitely get you to look on the bright side. It's such a and and that's an interesting thing when you when you just said that about the bright side because fours tend to and an Aquarian can do it too. It's like because you know so much is going on in that mind that the, the mental state can get a little heavy, and that that helps lift that out of the way so that you don't get fixed because the both the four and the Aquarius because you're looking at Uranus when you're looking at either one of them that's the pl planetary guidance and you know Uranus is just so eccentric sometimes that um, sometimes it's a little outlandish <laughs> <laughs> and people don't well, quite understand you but most nine times out of ten what the Aquarian and the the four see the four vibrations see it, it's like a it's like prophecy, and they, they get what's going to happen in the future, but long before anybody else could possibly even think that they're going to agree with what they're saying. But they're nine times out of ten, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> they're right well, about know, what Libra, they see. Libra and Gemini think they're always right, but Aquarius knows. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Speak, speak the truth. <laughs> and now, you is it true that quartz is kind of a stone that can be substitute? Is that the one that you can substitute for any other one if you happen to be right. lacking? Right. Yeah, it, you just have to kind of work with it and, um, I guess, ask it to be that. You know, if you, if you read in a book that you need some very rare or difficult-to-obtain crystal, um, to do some kind of work or to be part of your combination and you just can't find one, clear quartz can be substituted because of the vibration of energy. Um, it can do the job of any other stone. Awesome. Um, so it's always great to have some clear quartz around for clarity mm -hmm. um, or to kind of fill up whatever need you might have, you know. Awesome. That's so cool. I think cool. that's why so many people use a, a clear quartz cluster and kind of charge their other crystals around it. Right. It has that energy of it, clarity. It, yep, it can yeah get get the the negative right out of the way. So, well, I wholeheartedly thank you for joining us today, Lisa. This has been so cool. That was such a quick half hour. It it, <laughs> it, it, it this show goes by quicker every time I do it. It's amazing. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. I so appreciate it. Um, this right, has been this has been an, this has been such an education for me too because I I love learning about all this stuff and I, I know that there's way more to the story than just the list that I have. <laughs> so and and me too. Yeah, <laughs> there's way more than the list I have. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you again. Have a wonderful day. All right. You too. Thank you so okay, much. Okay. You're welcome. Right. Bye. -bye. Bye. So we wholeheartedly thank Lisa again for joining us. It was an absolutely amazing hour for our listeners to receive your incredible advice and wisdom about how gems can bring magic to all of our lives. And again, you can learn more about Lisa Stewart and all that shines at the Awareness Shop on the web at www.awarenessshop.com. You've been listening to What's Your Sign? I have your number with me, Sharita Starr, and we'll be back on Tuesday, the 21st of June, with psychic medium Jess Steinman, who will be with us here live in the WBCRLP studios to engage us all in how to get truly in touch with spirit. As always, be sure to check in on our blog to keep up to date, sharitastarradio.blogspot.com. Today's show will also be podcast here later on, so you can listen back to the archives or any of them for over the past two years. If you've got a question or a comment, remember to email me, sharitastarradio at gmail.com, or go right to our website, 
www.berkshireradio.org because we want to know what you think. Leave a comment. Your opinion matters. We hope you're better from our hour together. Stay tuned. You're listening to WBCR LP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. Namaste and magical blessings to you, my dear stars. Right now, I did keep getting.